Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. Well, we are talking all things retreat. And so, you know, that is kind of my jam and I get passionate about our retreats. This is our mid-year retreat. And so typically our mid-year retreat is shorter in nature. Usually it's limited to only one day. It's more of a catch up. It's definitely time for us to all set aside some time to come together and build relationships. Um, But it's also to check progress on the goals that we set for the beginning of the year. And so really to check where are we on those goals? uh, How do we need to readjust or realign to be successful and achieve those goals before the end of the year? Yeah, no, it's um, looking forward to it, I think. Um, So it's going to be fun. We had originally said this would be a virtual or hybrid retreat. We're trying to rethink that. And even coming into studio today, uh, I don't know that we have some of the answers for what retreat's going to look like yet. Uh, This will drop on the other side of retreat, uh, I believe. And yeah, it'll be interesting how it all worked out. Yeah. And in my mind, just thinking through a lot of our listeners are in our same industry, in the accounting industry. A lot have will have just come out of tax season. And so that is a great time where there is a little less volume of work for most people during the summer months to host a retreat. And so wanted to just speak on this, give some ideas maybe that would help spark ideas in other people if they're wanting to do a similar thing. Lots of people have slower times during the summer months. So really wanted to touch on that. And so we did talk about it being hybrid. We have recently gone through some changes with our team, with the structure and the team members who was on our team. And so we are really seeing the value that there would be in bringing everyone in to be actual physically together. We know that so many good things, probably the most important or fruitful things that happen during our retreats probably happen in the in-between moments when we're having breaks or lunch or like an after hours or something like that. And so definitely seeing the value, even though we know we have to be very careful with expenses, we see the value in bringing everyone to be in the same place. Yeah, I think the relationships are strengthened with the in-between, the in-between moments. And so those are the pieces that we want to create. And it's just harder to do that whenever you're in that hybrid or virtual um, event space. Because we all are pretty much remote 99% of the time, It also gives us an opportunity to kind of get a pulse of where people are at, just get eyes on them and, you know, show them that we care pretty much. It's, it's not a big cost uh, in the grand scheme of things, but still it is something to think about and you have to budget for it. And you have to make sure that the schedule or the itinerary while they're in your care and not in their own environment is, um, is planned out really well because they're they're sacrificing time at home or 
whatever's going on in their life uh, to come and be a part of this. And so that's why it's important to plan through a, a, a retreat and you do those really, really well and get input from me and our leadership team to make sure that those all go off really successful. Yeah. And so we did talk with the leadership team and invited them in to help with what are the topics that need to be discussed. And so ahead of our last leadership team meeting, actually, this is dropping way after all of this planning has happened, but we set aside a leadership team meeting to talk about what we wanted to present at retreat. And we came up with a list of ideas that we could fill probably three to four retreats, three, three to four days of conversations that need to happen and topics that need to be covered. And so just a few of those that we ran through, we talked about process improvements. Um, We have set aside time where small groups work together to improve certain processes or even processes related to specific clients. That has been really helpful in the past. our implementation process and who does what, really lining out roles and responsibilities, explaining uh, our resource library that we've recently started. That was a 2023 effort of actually recording things that we do within the business and recording things when new team members are starting so we can record it from the perspective of someone who's never done it before. Uh, looking at scorecards or how we assess how people are doing within the business. And then even going back to our uh, ideal client and prospects and looking at the services that we offer. Because there have been little tweaks and changes and different things made over the last year or so, we always want to make sure that every single one of our team members can advocate for the business. And so that's even a topic that we look at as far as ideal clients and what are the services that we provide? Can every team member line out what are the services and even what do those cost so that they can tell people that they know. Yeah. And uh, part of that is within that service offering, what's your role on the team? And do you have any questions about that? And if uh, you can repeat that back to us at the end of the day, then that's success on our part. Yeah. So we, we had everybody kind of brainstorm what topics needed to be covered. And then we sat down and talked through what do we want the goal to be? What do we want the retreat to accomplish? And so that's how we were able to land on, yes, there is value in bringing people to be together in person, because we have really two main goals that we want to achieve. We want improvement because we work, our DBA's culture is a culture of getting better, even 1% better um, every day. And the other part is to strengthen the relationships that we have with each other. Um, After a lot of change that's happened, we want to make sure that our team is still unified, remains unified through all of that change. Yeah, and and it's a great reminder to remember why we exist as a business and have the team remember why they joined the journey. And so part of this, um, you know, in addition to just the improvement aspects and the development, it will be a time to really... um, share, reflect on vision and, you know, forward thinking and how goals align or are changed to kind of reflect those values and what we've charted a path on. So it will be a, it will be a good time. Um, I, I hope that most people can come in 
office. I know that we typically have this mid-year retreat uh, in May, which May is a really busy month from a school and a family perspective. A lot happens at year end, especially when you have high school kids, a senior, a lot is going on. So uh, it's a big ask, but we try to make it the best we can. Uh, the other piece uh, that I've kind of thrown out, um, I don't know if you're going to let me do it or not, but actually bringing in a, a handful of clients so the team can actually hear from our clients, um, they'll be hand-selected. So we uh, know what they'll, they'll probably say about how the impact of what they do on a daily basis really goes across the screen or grows across that service line to impact that business and that business owner, their employees, their family, all of that good stuff, because it's real easy to get lost in your own little bubble or shell and think what you're doing on a daily basis doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like it doesn't matter if I reconcile this account or approve this payroll or whatever that is, you know, and it does, it, it does impact others. And so a lot of times you just have to bring people outside of the shell and let them know, remind them why it matters to others. Yeah, so let's go through what we will actually cover. So we gave some ideas that were thrown out. We know why we want to have this retreat and what we want people to take away from that. And so one of the things that we will most likely wrap up with on the at the end of the day is those kind of client testimonials of what has that allowed them to do? How has that improved not only their business and their team, but also how it's improved their family life? That is one of the um, values that we have as far as strengthening families, not only through this podcast, but also through the services that we provide is that we want to help people kind of live beyond work, live beyond the numbers or live beyond a revenue mark and really see what's important. And so in addition to those, I think that's going to be an awesome part, really impactful for our team to get to hear firsthand. We do our best to relay messages to each other as compliments come in from uh, from clients, but to hear it firsthand and to know that what they've done on like such a maybe microscopic level for that business has really made a difference to somebody. The other thing we landed on is definitely implementation or somebody, some people may call that onboarding. So when a new, a prospect signs and engages our team, they become a client from that signing moment all the way until their actual services start. That is kind of what we consider our implementation period or implementation process. And so what we have done over the past few months, um, we're always have been looking at how do we get better? How do we do this faster? How do we do this better? But even listening to feedback from clients here more recently of, you know, this is not seamless. <laughs> this is painful. And so really just honoring what they're saying and not looking for why was theirs painful and how messy they came to us, but what can we do on our side to take the friction out of that transition from whatever their previous provider was to our team? 
Yeah, it's a big ask. Um, you know, the sales process and going through everything to make sure that that prospect is an ideal client. And then you have the sales process to get them to that point where they have made that decision and are ready to exchange dollars for services. Um, so that's the first impression they have with the business. The second impression is onboarding or implementation. And both of those are critical to the success of the relationship long term. And it is very hard for our team, and that's that team of three that serves them on the other side of onboarding, to recover from a bad sales process or a bad onboarding. And we try to be very upfront in the sales process that onboarding could be painful. Um, we try to give them, we, we try to over, um, what is it, over, uh, over promise? No, no, it's the other way around, right? Right, <laughs> under, yeah, Un- under, under promise and over deliver um, during onboarding. But, you know, it's just, there's variables that come up and there's challenges with technology, challenges with people, challenges with, um, external parties like banks and things like that, that we have to get access to. So it's never easy and you have to be prepared for different variables that come up. So with that, we want to make sure that at least our team knows internally who is taking point on what as part of that process. So it's defining that and then creating deliverables or checklists or something that even though it may have been said once, 10, 100 times, they can see it if they have a question. And if they have a question, then they know who to go to. And those are the pieces that you have to get right in a remote or a virtual setting that you don't have the luxury of when everybody's in office. In office, you could just go down the hall and say, hey, who do I talk to about this? That's not usually the case, even though we do a really good job with communication through teams. It's just not always the easiest to figure that out. And we don't want people to spin their wheels and, you know, spend time that they could be doing stuff otherwise that's productive or uh, with their family, um, you know, on something that doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. And really, you know, in my mind, Sales is definitely the first impression of DBA, but for me, implementation is just an extension of that first impression because it is so hard <laughs> after a negative experience. There, there's pretty much nothing that the team of three can do to win that client back. They're always going to remember what it felt like within the first four weeks of doing business with us. And so, um, in preparation for our retreat time in order to make that very effective for the team and to make it something that's useful for us going forward. The leadership team is in conversation on what is our implementation process and whose responsibility are certain tasks that need to happen. And a lot of questions came up as we're in that conversation of not necessarily just how it's done right now, but the questions that are going to make it better. So we cannot take longer than four weeks. It's not, it's not an option. So if it's not an option to take more time, what do we need to do, change, or implement 
to make it happen within a certain time frame. And so I think that's where the big ideas and the big improvement and I think where clients will see a much better experience is by not allowing for the way it's always been done or putting the blame on a client specific situation but figuring out and being proactive on but what can we do what is in our control focusing on what we can change yeah um you know by the time the client gets the first whether it's a deliverable like a tax return or a set of financial statements or a piece of advice they've likely spent thousands of dollars with our business and that process depending on how long the sales process takes could be weeks right you know onboarding we try to nail down in four weeks and that's like truly fully onboarded and um, we're up and on the cycle of service uh, that first month the sales process could take longer but that's also the buyer's journey is kind of dependent upon them so you've got a big commitment to bring it day one and we don't want to set the team a three up for failure either you know i'm one of those team members so i don't want to be set up for, for failure but the you have to look at whose priority is what and because we're placing such a emphasis on a smooth onboarding process priority needs to take place on onboarding and is that realistic is it not we keep questioning uh, that process within our business um, We've learned from others what they do. It may not be perfect and may not align with what we do. So we're taking little small modifications. And then people that hang out with me for three years, three months, three days know that something's going to change. And so all of those changes are for the better, hopefully. And if we change something for the better, but we don't see improvement, we need to make a change. And that's the piece where those are the things that we work through and that's what we ultimately share when we're together as a team because onboarding is not isolated to just one person or a team of people it impacts the whole firm and that's the piece where we all have to know what's going on in that in that area because what comes out of onboarding ends up on somebody else's plate essentially so yeah, and really with implementation, we don't want that to be a pain point within within DBA. We don't want it as a pain point for the people doing the onboarding within our team, and we don't want it as a pain point for a new client. We want all of those people to be raving fans and big advocates of DBA, and we don't want them to have to say, oh, these people are really good, and after four months, <laughs> I was able to do this. Or we don't want our team members to say, oh gosh, another client, and now I have to go through this grueling process of onboarding. And so from both sides, internal and external, this is something that we think is important enough to spend time on during a retreat day. Another area that will likely be included in that, so we'll have the client testimonials in person, we'll have the implementations, and then most likely we're gonna look at scorecards because we want people to know when they're doing a great job. We, want, we don't want our team to question, am I doing this right or am I doing this wrong? Am I exceeding expectations or you know, am I like, average just barely getting by and so that's probably another area that we just need some more clarity around 
Yeah, we've done a really good job. Uh, we've done a good job of breaking the model in the last <laughs> month or so. Um, it's yet to be seen if we can build it back. Uh, but I think we're on the way to doing that. Part of what we broke apart after months and months of uh, analytics and looking at the numbers a, a different way and kind of performance um, is just how the teams work. And so we broke that apart and we realigned some teams that made more sense to where people were just working with too many different people. And we did that with good intentions, but then it created kind of this chaos where it was just inefficiency everywhere. And so we really need to pull back and look at what's just the most effective way to work, what's, what is efficient. And if we're so concerned about best practices across the organization, is there another way to do that than seven people working together on one engagement or whatever that turns out to be? So that's also the season that we're coming out of. We've seen benefits of that realignment already. And we're hoping that on the other side of that, it provides capacity for people to either do more work for more clients or to take more time off. Um, so all of that is uh, what we'll also be looking at. So those scorecards align directly with, given all the changes that we've made, we should be able to do this as a team. And so there's pretty clear, um, I guess, goals on those individual scorecards around dates within the month, what you should be doing, what does success look like if you're outside of this, what do we need to improve upon? And those are both individual and team related. And as leaders of the organization, you know, it's the best that we can do to try to align people and get them all rowing in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And so sprinkled in with all of that, we'll have a couple of team builder games that are, you know, not they're not expensive at all. They're likely free and um, will just be maybe a short 15, 20 minutes first thing in the morning and then maybe right after lunch. And then we are hoping to wrap up the retreat actually the following morning with a social time. So either a breakfast or brunch where we have a little bit of space to move around and people just to visit and catch up and kind of digest all that they've heard um, the previous day. And then immediately following that, that will hopefully allow, and this was an idea brought by our leadership team, but that will hopefully allow people who are traveling to catch their flights wherever they need to go. And then as a leadership team, we will uh, stay and do a little bit of time face-to-face -face since some of our leadership team is actually fully remote as well, not here local with us. And so looking forward to that time together and just all of the goodness that will come from that and looking forward to just what we will see on the other side of that day. Yeah, you know, maybe we should do the leadership team thing first because it's like uh, they'll probably say, Mark, you really shouldn't have said that or uh, said it that way. Now we need to go recover from that in the next few weeks, but it'll be good. We, uh, we have yet to have like a, a separate leadership retreat, but obviously we've got big goals, um, how those impact the team, but it's also recapping the event, seeing how we can improve upon this retreat to the one that's further down in December and what needs to happen in between then in December. 
And, um, you know, just having that plan in place should lend to better conversations, should uh, lend to better relationships that are on the other side of that. That's what we're hoping for. And the other thing you missed that's going to be, I'm sure, sprinkled in, like you said, is a lot of good food. And uh, (laughs) that's the best thing about these retreats is we feed people really, really well, um, whether it's from the local restaurants or something from our kitchen that our daughter makes. You know, it's just one of those things that they come away from retreat and probably need to go focus back on uh, their fitness goals or health and wellness goals uh, that they had before coming to town. So uh, it'll be a good time from that standpoint, too. I I think some guaranteed things that always are part of our retreats, Mexican food, barbecue, and some type of cake or cookie. So that and also uh, diet soda. So Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper, always big winners at uh, our retreats. So looking forward to it and hopefully this was helpful for somebody who is entertaining the idea or working through planning their own right now yeah no it's been great um before we go what would you say um i think we've covered this before but budget you know for for this event do we have a number in mind um i i have no idea on what the travel expenses are totaled out um for that but other than that i feel like it's it's fairly small, maybe, I mean, less than, definitely less than $5,000, but probably less than $2,000 because our team size changes. (laughs) That's pretty much the cost for us is feeding the team. That's usually it. We don't typically, um, we don't always do, especially at mid-year retreat, like an activity that costs a ton of money we could we could go do a ropes course or rock climbing or um, bowling or something like that top golf uh, we tend to get hurt in our team <laughs> so we're not as young as we used to be maybe or some of us are not as young as we used to be and so to avoid workman's comp claims we're just going to do eating this time <laughs> yeah. but i would say definitely Competitive eating. i would say we're probably that. close to maybe two thousand dollars or less and so obviously there's opportunity cost with people being not billable for those days but um definitely worth it in the relationships and the investment in our culture. Yeah, I think opportunity cost is probably the biggest uh, cost at the end of the day. And so if someone's listening to this and trying to figure out if they've got a budget for a retreat, you, you probably um, are better to do something than nothing. I think it's going to end up costing you more to not do something and not cultivate um, culture in your business. And we would just encourage you to do whatever you can to get your people together and get better. And our team would be just as happy with like potluck with everybody bring their favorite thing. Uh, so there's always ways to make it less expensive yeah. um, if, if needed. Yep. No, that's right. really good. Well, this has been great. Thanks for the conversation. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.